0: You're listening to Titan Nature's Yellowstone, a podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Sponsored by Think Tank Photo. Think Tank Photo designs camera-carrying solutions for working professionals. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Titan Nature's Yellowstone. This is your host, Adam Brubaker. Well, let's start this off with the uh, results of the giveaway. The winners have been chosen. And for the two bags, we have Jacob Margaret. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong, Jacob. And Caitlin Sizemore have both won one of the bags from Think Take, Photo. And then the Pixel Pocket Rockets, uh, the SD card holders. One is going to go to Dustin Cosby. The other one is going to go to Tracy Arthur. So thanks for entering into that. And congratulations to the winners. And then if the winners will just reach out to me, we'll go ahead and get you your gear. Now, today we're getting into going to go over one of the geyser basins. And actually, what I'm going to try to do for the rest of the month is kind of go into the format. Well, it's going to be hard this month, but January I should do better. Go into the format I did originally, where two times a month I'm talking about going over geyser basins or wildlife or something in Yellowstone. One week, I'm doing the interview, and then the last one is going to be an update. Now, winter is a little harder to update if you're not in there every day, and I am not going to be, but I do have friends that are in there all the time, which I talk to, and I'm going to be in there quite a bit in January and some in February as well, so I'm going to try to do some updates on that, and I do have an interview coming up next week, which I don't want to announce anything officially. I'm excited for it. But just in case something falls through, we're going to be recording in about a week. So, recording just before it gets released. So, I'm hoping that uh, goes through. But uh, this week, I want to talk about West Thumb Geyser Basin. It is kind of the furthest south in the park and the first geyser basin coming from the south entrance. That's, I guess, Geyser Basin that's right off the road, the West Thumb Geyser Basin. So, to get to West Thumb, you're going to start from the south because that's kind of the first point. From the south entrance, you're going to go straight north and kind of when that to kind of hit your your intersection you can take a a right or go straight take that right and it's right there right at yellowstone lake if you're coming in from the west entrance or from the the north entrance you're going to be end up heading south towards old faithful pass old faithful go 17 miles and take your first left hand turn coming in from Cody and from the the Silvergate-Cook City area, uh, from there, once you get into the main road, you're just going to head south. Well, in this case, right before you get to the junction, you're going to take your left into the parking lot. So West Thumb Geyser Basin, you have the two loops. It's that bottom loop, the very bottom of it. West Thumb Geyser Basin, a couple things to start with. This is a good-sized parking lot that you have here, but it, it does get does get busy in there. It's one that, because it's a bigger parking lot, it holds buses very well. Uh, RVs and things, it will fill up. Bigger parking lot will fill up, but you can typically find a place in here. There's a nice little, I guess you could call it a little visitor center in the parking lot. It has a little bookstore put on by the Yellowstone Forever. So a little spot that you can go in there. And one thing about this area I always like to mention is you're coming and driving through this area, especially in the springtime, and really you can find them throughout the throughout the summer. Is elk. The reason I mentioned that's one. They're neat to see. But two, they're going to be, well, I've seen them walking around the geyser basins. I've seen them in the parking lot. I've seen them all around. Just keep your distance, especially in the springtime as they're having calves places. You really got to watch out for them. And actually, there was a video that went viral a couple of years ago that people got. It was a pretty awesome video where these people were actually recording a grizzly bear running through the geyser basin chasing elk. And so that was a thrill for quite a few people. Anyway, so, I mean, just goes back to being aware, especially of the wildlife in the areas that, you know, you can chance upon anything anywhere in the park. With that, let's get into this guy's your Basin. I guess you could say, I was going to say two loops, but really it's a big loop that kind of gets split in half by a boardwalk. So as you walk in, I'm going to say, I'm going to go to the right first. So you're looking at the lake, but if you're walking to the right-hand side, doing the loop counterclockwise, we'll start with kind of the outside loop. So as you go around that loop, kind of the first thing you see, there's a cutoff that kind of cuts you through the middle, and kind of right at that intersection is going to be uh, the thumb paint pots. Now, as far as visiting this area strictly for, I mean, because it has paint pots, I wouldn't do that. I mean, it's, it's neat. These paint pots are not quite like fountain paint pots or artist paint pots. They seem to have more of a layer over them. You know, it's a little bit more watery, if that makes sense just not as typically i should say typically things constantly change typically not my favorite paint pots but it is a place that has paint pots so there's really relatively few of those areas in the park so as you pass the paint pots and again as i go over this area there's enough things here i'm trying to hit the highlights there's a lot you can see uh so i'm going to give you as many details as i can but my big thing is i go around and talk about the different springs and geysers and things in the area is to give you an overview of what you're going to see, not to go over over every single spring or geyser mud pot within the geyser basin. I just want to give you a nice overview. So as you keep on going, you're going to kind of start going, you know, further to your right, just before you go downhill, there is Bluebell Spring. And this is a difficult one because I did some research, and I could not find Much on Bluebell Spring. At least I couldn't find anything that uh, I wanted to find on Bluebell Spring. You know, I've seen it hundreds of times. I've been there, stuck my temperature gun at it, and you're looking down into it, and it's far enough down and just far enough away that getting an accurate reading is is difficult. And if I remember right, I want to say it measures about 160 degrees from the distance that I'm at. Uh, Doing the research, I couldn't find temperature. I couldn't find depth. and I couldn't find even where it was named after. I went through a couple of resources. So maybe, you know, you can you can come and tell me and teach me something. But I imagine Bluebell Spring, because of the the color and the shape of it, got its name probably from the bluebells, like the flowers. Um, it is a very beautiful blue, smaller spring, sets there. So going from Bluebell, as you kind of walk down the hill, you're walking down towards Yellowstone Lake. And I'll mention this, is is Yellowstone Lake this this geyser basin is right on the edge the the west thumb of yellowstone lake and that's where this area gets its name and so what you're looking at from west thumb is basically a crater within the big crater so the circle portion of the portion of the lake that you can see at west thumb at one time did erupt and was a a volcano within the volcano and that's where the west thumb comes from so as you go down you're going to be kind of turning along and just following the edge of the lake. And from here, kind of on the, the right hand side of the boardwalk. So on the north hand side of the boardwalk, there's gonna be three cones kind of right in a, in a row. You first go to Lakeshore Geyser, Fishing Cone, and then Big Cone. And those are on the right hand side. And starting with the Lake Shore Geyser, which you're gonna come to, a few of these can often be covered, especially in the springtime, as the lake is higher at uh Lakeshore geyser is often covered. It's an active geyser. It is a smaller active geyser. And when I I talk about active on this geyser, when I talk about active on this geyser, yes and no. So, you know, if you go to your books and you're looking at activity, it talks about activity um, sporadically. uh, Looking online, you know, 20... 20 to 2022 it it was active uh what i mean by active is you know people will be able to watch it It was seen several times but then if you go before 2020 i think make sure i get this right 2019 2018 2017 i mean it's very sporadic um enough to say you know hard to say if it was a geyser but this is not something that erupts high uh, you know Often it's been called more of a you now, sometimes it's more of a spouter. Um so it is there. It's it's neat though. It's I love these cones along the lake to be able to look out along the lake and have these cones right there in the water. Uh and going on and actually just as you get past this point, I don't even know the names or if they have names. Um, on your left hand side, there's some springs that are really close to the boardwalk, just small ones. You know, nothing great as far as color or anything. There's a couple of them that are like Foot two feet apart, and I always like to stop and point these out because they're they're so close together. But there's about forty degrees difference in temperature in these little springs, and they just have a different plumbing system where that water's coming up from. And that's on the south side of the boardwalk. Just some little springs through there. As as you walk, this is a great area that there is this. I've mentioned this before in past episodes. This siliceous center, the deposits from the hot springs, it's everywhere. That mineral you can see everywhere. That's what's built these lakeshore geyser fishing cone and big cone up is this mineral that's coming out and depositing. And as we go up the boardwalk, I'll probably mention more of that. But let's talk about fishing cone. The way that it originally got its name, the rumor is that one of the early expeditions was out there. There was a guy actually fishing from the cone and he rolled in this fish and the, the fish dropped off and fell in the hot spring, us cooking it there. But uh, throughout time, you know, well, early in Yellowstone's time, it was rumored that people would stand on the cone and go fishing. They'd catch a fish, keep it on the hook, and then stick their fish right inside the hot spring and cook it there on the spot. Nowadays, it's really not hot enough to be able to do that. But that's how fishing cone got its name. And again, it's just a cone there right on the edge of the lake. And through a lot of the year, that one is exposed. Then going down further, you're going to have big cone with Big Cone, I mean, it's another one. It's neat. I don't have a lot to say about it. You know, it's kind of bubbling, but not much uh, other information on that one. But from Big Cone, you're going to start to kind of rise. You're going to start walking up a little bit. And the first thing you're going to come to you know, on your left-hand side is Blackpool. And, and really, it's going to be first the bacteria mat at Blackpool, which is the best bacteria mat in the Thumb Geyser Basin. And it's really neat here because you do see those colors really well. The oranges, the yellows, clear up to that blue, that hot spring that's in front of you. So at this point, you're kind of down level with the hot spring. And as you look across, you can see that you can kind of go around and up the hill. And then there's a section where you can look down inside of it. Now, Blackpool, its namesake, it was actually never black, but it was very dark at one time. And the reason it's changed, it's no longer black, it's a bright blue pool, is because the temperature of the water has changed over time. That's the type of bacteria that is growing inside a black pool has changed. So, where it used to be more a very dark and very like a dark green color, which I have never personally seen that, that was way before my time. Uh, it is now kind of a deep blue, very blue, like a lot of the blue you see in the park. And I would say that this is the most colorful, kind of the prettiest hot spring. Here at the West Thumb Geyser Basin. Oh, I say it was way before my time. So 1991 was probably when this pool heated up and those colors changed. So honestly, I was I was six at the time, so it was kind of before my time, um, or what I would ever remember. And then this this an interesting thing is I talked about this, I think, with uh, fountain paint pots, is some of these hot springs, like black black pool, it looks just like a hot spring. Um, it's erupted in the past, so Technically, it's a geyser, or maybe it's a hot spring, or maybe it's both, or it decides from year to year what it wants to be, but it hasn't erupted since 1992, Um, and actually, 1992, there was eruptions at abyss as well, but, uh, so 1991, it kind of heated up, changed, Uh, it erupted in 92 just a couple times, and, well, what it would do is it would only erupt one to three feet tall, or one to three feet high. So it was very small eruptions, um, nothing nothing like Old Faithful or some of these, these big pools that can erupt. But Blackpool is is one of my favorite pools here in the West Westlom Geyser Basin. Now, as you go up to kind of the lookout to look down on Blackpool, as you kind of look off to the right, there is a sign. There's a sign that says King Geyser. Now, King Geyser, I have never seen erupt before. You always know, see that steam out there, and it's a big pool. You know, there's no real information about it there, the, the geyser basin. But its last eruption was in 2016. And so, I mean, technically, that's not too long ago compared to some geysers. It's, again, sporadic. There's no way to tell when or why or anything else. And one of the theories or reasons it may not be erupting regularly is there's a runoff channel from Abyss Pool, which I'll talk about Abyss in a second, which empties into King Geyser, which could be cooling it enough that it's not getting those regular eruptions, or I shouldn't say regular eruptions, that it doesn't erupt, erupt more than what it currently does. So going past King Geyser, I always like to point it out because it seems like there's always swallows landing on it or flying into it. I wouldn't be surprised if they nest in there. So if you look around in this area right through here, there's typically always some swallows I would say most of them are tree swallows. There might be some violet green swallows in that area. It doesn't seem right for them, but I think it's I think it's mostly tree swallows in this area. So take a look. You might see them there. And actually, the other thing you'll see often in this area in the bacteria mat for the black pool is killdeer. And the killdeer will actually lay their eggs in this area. I've never seen the eggs. They're tough to find, but I've seen the little chicks walking around in the springtime or early summertime. And so. Something to keep your eye out uh, for in this area. Anyways, I, I always point that log out to people and the birds right there. So as you go past that, you're at the black pool where you can actually look down inside the pool, which which is just really neat to look down in there. And I don't know how deep this one is, but if you go just up the boardwalk over to Abyss Pool, really neat contrast between these two pools. So you have black pool. I don't have the exact temperature on it. I'd guess it's close to 180, 190 degrees. Blackpool is blue. It's a deep blue. And Abyss Pool, just a short walk away, is about 140 degrees, so quite a bit cooler. And it is one of the one of the deepest hot springs in the park at about 53 feet deep. So I know that I don't know a lot of the, or I don't know if the park does or it's just not out there, a lot of the depths. But this is one that is known. It's about 53 feet deep. It's about 140 degrees, and this one's had a lot of changes over the last couple years, uh, heating up, cooling down, and right now it's, it's, I guess you could say it's low, um, low compared to what I remember it was five, six, seven years ago when I started guiding. I mean, it's about a foot. I mean, because while you're looking at this pool, and usually this pool is to the top, to the brink, of the, I guess you could say the crater there, the so the bowl that it sits in, the reservoir. But right now it's about a foot down. You can see about a foot all the way around the edge of that kind of that foot top of the reservoir, which is is unique. It's interesting. So that runoff channel is as much. There is still some runoff there, but that's the abyss pool. So where it got its name, there's this quote um, from some of the early explorers or one of the exp- early explorers. And it he mentioned that the distance to which objects are visible down in its deep abysses is truly wonderful. That And that dates back to about 1870. That's probably where the name came from, was 1870. You know, why I have this up, I wanted to read another quote. This is concerning uh, Fishing Cone and where it got its name back. So, you know, back up a little bit to Fishing Cone. I should have read this earlier. And it says, A gentleman was fishing from one of the narrow isthmuses or shelves of rock which divided one of these hot springs from the lake. When in swinging a trout ashore, it accidentally got off the hook and fell into the spring. For a moment, it darted about with wonderful rapidity as if seeking an outlet. Then it came to the top, dead and literally boiled. And so that comes back from 1870 from the Washburn expedition. And it kind of grew from there. I think people recognized, hey, you could cook, cook a fish in there. So people started cooking the fish from there had different names from fish pot to hot spring cone, uh fisherman's kettle, fish cone, fishing spot spring fish pot, spring, crater island, chowder pot. And then later it came into the the fishing cone. So I sorry I should have read that earlier as I was going through that one, but as I had this page pulled up, I thought, oh, I forgot about reading that. Anyways, so the abyss um abyss pool, it's changed over time again, or a geyser but last eruption was 1992, and you know from there to the early 1900s, sporadic. When it was erupting in 1992 and kind of around that time frame, it would go as high as 100 feet. I think there was an average around 70 feet high. But if you look at that pool and think about that erupting 100 feet in the air, how close you are to the boardwalk, that's a that's a pretty impressive. I would love to see abyss pool erupt. So, anyways, that's that's abyss. You know, if you were to go to West Lamb Geyser Basin, let's say, well, let me talk about this a little bit later. So let me keep on going through the spring. So from Abyss, you go up and this is where you're going to take a left-hand turn to kind of take that um, section across the middle. And there's a few different hot springs in here and a few different geysers. Um, I'm not going to get into these too much. I'm going to mention a couple of them, probably Ledge Geyser. Ledge gets its name well because it has a ledge there. It was a geyser at one time as well. You know, it's last time it's erupted was uh, three years ago. You have collapsing spring in here. You have thumb geyser. Well, collapsing pool, I'll mention that's as you kind of go, that's going to be on the west side. And it got its name. I mean, it part of it collapsed in on itself. You know, it did erupt in 2001. So I don't have a lot of information about this area between here. They're just... A couple things, it changes a lot. It's an area that I have found harder to find information on. But one thing I do want to mention about this area specifically, this boardwalk that cuts in half, is it's unique. It has, the springs in there are unique. It has a variety of colors of hot springs, the geysers, what they look like, the sizes. So it's just a a neat area. It's unique to walk across this. And it's also one of those that, over the time that I've been there, has changed a lot from how the springs look, the colors, and it seems like that was something that happened oh, a couple of years ago. There's quite a bit of change in that one little spot. So, anyways, uh, neat little spot to walk through there. What I was going to mention a second ago, so go across there, some nice springs. I'm going to kind of give you the overview. I should have given you at the the beginning of this one. Now, sorry, this is kind of jumbled up. So I mentioned the parking lot and things. What I, I forgot to mention is if you walk. All of West Thumb Geyser Basin—it's about a mile. When I use West Thumb Geyser Basin, I'll usually use it on my way to Old Faithful. So if I'm doing the whole loop, or you know, in either way, if I'm on my way to Old Faithful or on my you know leaving Old Faithful, going around the loop that way, it's a great stopping point. So from West Yellowstone to Old Faithful, seventeen miles. There's a couple things. There's not much in between there, and then from West Thumb to Fishing Bridge. It feels like a million miles, but it's it's about from West Thumb to Fishing Bridge is about 20 miles. And so that's 20 miles of lake and forest. It's beautiful. Don't get me wrong. But it's one of those places that after driving it a few times, one of those that you could fall asleep on. There's just a lot there. And so in the last couple of years, actually, I've just avoided going around that side because you have this 20 miles of lake. Then you have the 17 miles of forest. Anyways, West Thumb is just a great breakup point between that. How I use West Thumb, let's say I'm going to Old Faithful. I'll stop and say, how much time do I have here before the eruption? Based on that timing, I might say, hey, let's get out, do a quick walk. And Abyss Pool and Black Pool are kind of my go-to. If I wasn't going to see anything else at West Thumb Geyser Basin, I'm going to go see Abyss and Black Pool. They're not too far off. They're close together, and they're the two best hot springs here at West Thumb Geyser Basin. Now, typically, you know, if I have a little bit more time, I'm going to do that whole outside loop. And typically from time to time when I visit this area, that's that's all I'm doing. I'm doing that outside loop. I think that's the best of it. You get the best pools, you get around the lake, you see the, the cones along the lake. And then if we have a lot of time, they want to see more, I'll do that spot that's kind of splits in half. Has some nice hot springs through there. I wouldn't say it was anything grandiose compared to... Some of the others in the area, but it's still nice. It's unique. Every spring is a little different. So some some beautiful places to visit here, and you know that's kind of what we think of West Thumb Geyser Basin is. Well, and that's really West Thumb Geyser Basin is that loop that you walk. But there's there's more to it. Uh, you can actually do a kayak tour from Grant Village and kayak along the shore of the lake. Now, if you were to do that you would see a lot more of this Geyser Basin as it does extend up and down the, the lake here. And actually, let me go back. And so here's, here's another quote that I want to uh, read talking about West Thumb and the extension beyond just the boardwalks that you walk and along the lake there. This comes in 1869 from the Folsom-Cook-Peterson expedition. Among these were springs differing from any we had previously seen. They were situated along the shore for a distance of two miles, extending back from it about 500 yards and into the lake, perhaps as many feet. There were several hundred springs here, varying in size from miniature fountains to pools or wells 75 feet in diameter and of great depth. The water had a pale violet tinge and was very clear, enabling us to discern small objects 50 or 60 feet below the surface. A small cluster of mud springs nearby claimed our attention. These were filled with mud, resembling thick paint of the finest quality, differing in color from pure white to the various shades of yellow, pink, red, and violet. During the afternoon, they threw mud to the height of 15 feet. So that kind of gives you an idea. I mean, there's a lot more than just this boardwalk. And one way to see that is if you actually take this, this kayak tour along the lake, you will be able to kind of see some of those other things. And part of that is you go from West Thumb kind of going north towards Fishing Bridge. Right along the road, always watch. Um, I'm not as familiar with those just because it's there's no parking there. No place to real park. You can kind of get off the road there. But I believe it's Lone Pine Geyser that I have seen, I, I don't know how many times, sorry, five, six, eight times. And it's neat because it's something you're not expecting. You can see some steam coming by the lake and then all of a sudden this geyser goes off, which is a... Well, the only geyser I think I've seen erupt at West Thumb Geyser Basin. So it is pretty incredible. It'll probably go 15 feet. Again, one of those things you just never, you never know what to expect or what's going to happen when. But anyway, so this is West Thumb Geyser Basin. It is a beautiful spot. It's kind of set away from other ones. So if you're doing Old Faithful and the lower upper midway geyser basins and you're wondering, you know, it's 17 miles to West Thumb. Is it worth it or not? I think so. If you enjoy the hot springs, enjoy the geysers, I would go down and see West Thumb. It is a beautiful spot. Well, it's, it's hard to compare one geyser basin to the next, but uh, I probably say about this about everything in the park, but it is, it is worth seeing uh, West Thumb geyser basin. I just want to remind you that you can find us on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram. Just want to remind you that you can find us on Facebook and Instagram, uh, YouTube, not as often. But uh, we try to keep the content fresh on there. Post post new things from videos and photos with you know more than just hey here's a picture. I try to give you a little bit of education what's going on and also a reminder if you have any interest in Africa we're going to be doing that next year which I'm super excited about. So feel free if you have any questions about how to see Yellowstone, uh, West Thumb Geyser Basin or any other place in the park. Hey reach out to me. Uh, This is Adam Brubaker. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of. Tie to Nature's Yellowstone. Thanks for listening to Tie to Nature's Yellowstone, the podcast for those that don't get out, can't get out, or can never get enough. Keep up to date with Tie to Nature and Think Tank Photo on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Woo!